Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Yes, indeedy duty. This is the WCHL podcast. I am the commissioner, Christopher Perry, and it's my very honor, my very special honor. We've replaced Andrew Majorkirth on this episode with a real hockey guy. It's not Curtis Johnson from UCO, but instead it's the general manager for Missouri State Ice Hockey. It's Mr. Ryan Armstrong. Ryan, how the heck are you today? Chris, doing great. Thanks. And uh, I hope I don't have a target on my back from Andrew and all of the uh, major Kurt listeners out there. I really <laughs> thought we were going to hear four weeks in a row. Well, you know, it, it, sometimes you can have too much of a good thing. And uh, unfortunately for Andrew, he's, uh, he's 88 and out the gate for a little while. So, but we, we're honored to have you here, Ryan. I mean, you've, you've run the gamut in terms of the ACHA. You played ACHA. You've coached in the ACHA, you've officiated in the ACHA, and now you're general managing in the ACHA. What is there that you cannot do, Ryan? <laughs> Support the CHF. That's <laughs> what I can't do. Oh, yikes. Shots fired. Well, I, uh, I, I like to have fun with it. You know, there's a lot of good organizations and teams over there as well, and some of them are making their way back to the ACHA after a while. But no, I... Uh, I, I enjoy being part of the ACHA uh, and whatever facet I can. Uh, you forgot to mention I've officiated some ACHA before, yeah. but that's okay. Um, no, I just, I love being a part of this league and watching the growth uh, that it's gone through in the 15 years that I've been a part of it. And uh, I just like to be, um, you know, like I said, a part of that growth because it, it's, it's, it's getting better and better every year, um, and it's it's a really fun thing to be a part of. It has gotten better, hasn't it? It's kind of crazy. When I first started helping out in, oh, I don't know, 2003 or so, it's, jeez, uh, it's hard to believe it's been almost 20 years. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, very clubby, and now it's uh, now it's the real deal. It's, it's great hockey, and it's uh, organized hockey as opposed to let's just all get in a car and drive through the middle of the night and get somewhere. Yeah, I think the organization's a huge part of it, like you say, from going down to the the annual meetings with the coaches and the managers and the um, ACHA representatives and staff members. I mean, down there we get a really good idea of just how much time and effort goes into it away from, um, you know, our specific unique organizations. We all think that ours, your organizations are the best out there, and we care about them a lot and put a lot of time and effort. And it isn't until you go down to a national meeting that you see everybody is like you and they all care and they all put in just as much time, if not a lot more. So, uh, no, it's been fun and, and I love being a, a part of it and a, an active member um, for two different teams. And, uh, yeah, though I think the ACHA has got a bright future. Very good. Very good. And the, the one thing I did forget, you're right, I left might have left off officiating, but – Regional podcast superstar, 
because of your many appearances here on the WCHL podcast and prime prognosticator in terms of being able to accurately predict things. I think your record is, is probably one of the best on our podcast of GMs from Springfield, Missouri, who have ventured uh, guesses. <laughs> so I think you're right there at the top of that list, Ryan. GMs from Missouri that have had accurate guesses. You know what? I'll take that. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's a backhanded compliment or not, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, hey, how about this? Um, another probably, maybe don't take it as a backhanded compliment, but you have to be happy. The final rankings came out. I know that you're not happy that Missouri State's men's Division One program isn't going to nationals this season, but at least they finished in the top 25. With a 24, they moved up to number 24 in the rankings after being, you know, flirting in and out of the rankings all season long, you finally landed right there in the top 25. That has to be a, uh, if you're looking for a silver lining, that has to be a, a decent place to start. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, with the last few years from a competition standpoint for us, it is pretty normal practice for us to qualify for the national tournament and be considered in that top 10 to 15 to 17 area. And it's, it's definitely the caliber of player that we currently have. There's no question that when Missouri state wants to play really good hockey, they have the ability to, and it was just kind of dialing that in this year. Um, we had a couple struggles up and down with, we had some injury issues. We had some great issues. Um, some kids with some financial, financial things going on from their, from their home countries. But um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it's not an ideal situation, but the way that they continue to battle throughout the year. And, and uh, as you guys have stated so many times on the podcast, you know, Missouri state's good at home, but they're struggling on the road. I felt like the second semester we played a lot better of a road game. And I, I consider that a pretty big victory in our, in my mind and our, and on the team and the coaches' minds. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is bittersweet to end the season this way, especially for the seniors that have been here for four or five years and for the freshmen who are new to it, they see, everybody sees the potential. And, um, I know that, um, obviously the coaching staff has some things to address for the next season and, and new players coming in and players leaving as, as every college team experiences. But um, I do believe that the core of the locker room sees the potential in our team. And yeah, I think it's a good building, uh, a good building block for next year to start off of. And, you know, we're looking to, to jump out of the gates next season and be competitive from day one. So nice. that is our goal. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, it sounds like you're, you're laying a good groundwork for for next season, but I think the, even though it's bittersweet now, um, uh, hopefully another message is, is going to sink in. And if it's for those guys who have been there before. And it's don't take it for granted. You know, it's it's hard to get there. It's hard to get to nationals. And don't just take it for granted that you're going to get there. you got to put the work in in order to get there. So uh, hopefully they'll, they'll figure it out. And uh, this time next year, we won't be talking to you about your guesses. We'll be talking to you about your, uh, your program being up there uh, in the Nationals mix. Going back to St. Louis, I tell you what, Ryan, if you picked a year to miss Nationals, this might be the year because last year it was in St. Well, two years ago it was in St. Louis at Maryville. Last year it was in St. Louis at Lindenwoods, the Centene Community Ice Center. And next year it's at Lindenwoods or St. Louis Blues is Centene Community Ice Center. But this year it's in Boston. 
you, you might you, maybe this was a, a deliberate ploy by uh, Missouri State, huh? Absolutely not. No <laughs> way, no way, no way. Um, as much as I've had experience with the New England Sports Center, and and I'm glad that the league found a place that was uh, um, favorable to the way that the tournament runs. I will be extremely happy for it to come back to the Midwest. You know, I mean, I know that there's lots of teams out on the East Coast to complain about coming out to the West, but we have to go out to the West and we're right in the middle of it. So, I mean, it's, it's travels part of this game, but um, no, I think the new England sports center will be a really neat place to host it. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, having, having the tournament in your backyard does give you some extra, some extra fuel to the fire, so to say. So uh, I think that, that the guys will realize that with our division one team having probably about 50 to 55% St. Louis born players, um, on our division one team, I think it adds some extra motivation. So Good. yeah, not, not trying to miss new England by any means. Cause my, you know, I, I like the new England area. My brother lives out in Connecticut. It had been a chance to go, um, visit with him and, and showcase our division one team. But at the same time, it's a humbling experience because it, this is uh, this league is competitive for a reason, and and unfortunately they're going to take the best that they can every year for the tournament, and it just didn't fall that way for us this year. Yep, yep. Well, hey, let's talk about. Uh, do you mind doing some prognostications really quick? Get your Absolutely. guesses. Absolutely. All right, let's do it. Let's start on Thursday, it, which is um, the day that the it, we call it. I call it play in Thursday because it's basically uh, a sixteen-team tournament with uh, with a play-in game, uh, four play-in games, and so the, the, on Thursday that's teams thirteen through twenty, and the day will get started at ten fifteen in the morning. Ryan, holy smokes, ten fifteen Eastern. That's nine fifteen Central. That's number 13, Grand Valley State, taking on number 20, Buffalo. Buffalo is ranked, I believe they were 58th in the computer ranking, but they won. Yeah, they're 58, but they won the terrible uh, NECHL conference playoffs. So props to Buffalo. You snuck in at number 58, and they're going to play Grand Valley State from the uh, Great Lakes Collegiate Hockey League. Who do you think is going to win that game, Ryan? Grand Valley State or Buffalo? Well, Missouri State being in a similar position to this down in Frisco, where we were the 13 or 14 team and had to play the 19 or 20 Buffalo who won their conference and uh, didn't fare very well. I think the exact same thing is going to happen this year, and I think Buffalo is going to take this one on the chin. Really? Oh, okay. Buffalo is going to take it on the chin. Oh, you threw me for a loop there. I thought you were going to say Buffalo is going to win it, and I was like, no, 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 no. No, I don't. I don't okay. think that's going to happen. I'm going to probably. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm not going to put a number behind it because I don't want to create any sort of bad blood there. But I think it, it won't be a super close game. All right, fair enough. You had me had me going there. You went one way. You 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 jigged when I, when I should have jagged. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, the next game at one uh, thirty on Thursday is number fourteen Calvin taking on the winners of the ECHA, which is at Philadelphia based league. They're the regular season winners, the midshipmen from Navy. So Navy versus Calvin. Calvin plays in the Great Lakes League as well. So uh, that's fourteen versus nineteen. Yeah, I, I might have to throw you for a loop this one. I think I'm going to go with the midshipmen. Woo, look at you. 
I like that very well. All right, so Navy, what, what's the reasoning? What's the basis there? Are you just, do you like men in uniform or what? <laughs> that's, that's an interesting way to look at that. Uh, no, I think um, it is 2023, I, Ryan, I had to ask, you know, it come is on. 2023, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, for, I think forgive me, Rachel, Navy, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm sure she's heard worse. No, um, <laughs> I believe the, the Navy team is a very well put together team organization not super penalized they're pretty disciplined obviously look you know at where they're attending university and look what they're trying to do in the with their futures um their penalty minutes kind of reflect that that i don't think that they're a super heavily penalized team and and at a national tournament like this you know those make a big difference and uh, i really do think that if Navy keep their head and play a, an easy structure game and not try to overcomplicate things, and I think they have a potential to, to upset a, a higher-ranked team, has a potential to upset a lower rank. I like that. Ryan Armstrong, look at this. Two games in, and you're already calling for an upset. Wow, that's pretty good. I like it a lot. All right, hey, the next game, it's uh, number 15, Illinois State, the Redbirds out of Normal, Illinois. Um, taking on IUP, the Warhawks, or the Red Hawks, or something like that. I don't know what they are. They're another bird. Um, a number 18, IUP won the um, the conference playoffs for the Terrible Pittsburgh League, CHMA. So this is Illinois State from my B conference, the runner-up in the B conference, taking on IUP from the Pittsburgh conference. What do you think there, Ryan? Yeah, as much as I, I believe that they're the wrong state school in the tournament and uh, another Midwest team should be the, another Midwest state team should be there. Uh, I believe Illinois state will win. Good. Um, good. They're a, they're a strong team this year and, and they've got a lot of progress from previous seasons and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see. I'm interested to see the way the lineups work. I haven't had a chance to look at the brackets yet. I know the teams in it, but I haven't had a chance to look at the lineups. I'm interested to see who Illinois State plays next because that's a that's a tough little team. Well, we're going to get there. Uh, we're trust me, we're going to get there. Um, I will tell you, it's a four letter word that begins with an O and has a high in the middle and ends with an O. Yeah, I know. Mm. So, okay, so you have Illinois State, the Redbirds, beating IUP, whatever birds they are. That sounds good. I like that. Um, okay, and then the next game, uh, the 16-17 the game on Thursday night, the last game of the evening, will pit number 16, Lawrence Tech, from the WAC, the WHAC, the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference, against the University of Michigan-Dearborn, also from the WAC. So, uh, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think these teams, this will have, this was Lawrence Tech against Michigan-Dearborn, and yeah, I'm looking, this will be the fourth game out of the last five that these teams have played against one another. Dearborn beat Lawrence Tech 3-2 to and 4-2 to in the middle of February, and then in the conference playoffs, Dearborn beat Lawrence Tech by a score of 5-1. to so Dearborn, even though they're number seventeen, and they got into the con- into the tournament because they won the WAC conference playoffs, they're the lower seeded team. Uh, they're taking on Lawrence Tech, the higher seeded team, even though Dearborn has beat them three out of the last three times. Yeah, I I think that momentum is a huge thing for this game. Um, obviously, history between the two, they they know what to expect out of each team. I really think that knowledge 
going into the tournament before you play this game that that gives uh, Michigan Dearborn the upper hand. Yeah, in fact, I'm looking earlier in November, they played a home-and-home, home, and they split. Dearborn won uh, at Lawrence Tech's place by a score of 2-1, to one, and then Lawrence Tech came back and smoked Dearborn 5 to nothing. So it's at uh, Oak, Oakland, Michigan, right? Is where Dearborn's at? Uh, the, the rink? Uh, no, it's actually in Dearborn. It's actually oh, right, right it? on campus. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It's close to uh, Detroit, very close to Detroit. In fact, the Ford men's, the Ford Motor Company uh, sponsors the adult men's league that plays there. So sometimes when you go to play Michigan-Dearborn, you have to wait for the Ford men's league guys to get out of the locker room and, you know, doing all their 12-ounce curls after the game before you can get in there and play a real hockey game. <laughs> kind of wild. Gotcha. All right, so here we go. On day one, Ryan Armstrong says Grand Valley State will beat Buffalo. Navy will upset Calvin. Illinois State will take care of IUP. And Michigan-Dearborn will win their fourth game, their fifth game out of six against Lawrence Tech this season. Well, okay, well, that means on the next day, you know, the winners on Thursday get the pleasure of getting beat by seeds one through four on Friday. So it's kind of like a, con a bad consolation prize. Yeah, what do you call it? The sacrificial lambs? There you go. I mean, c congratulations, Grand Valley State. You beat Buffalo. Now you get to play number four, Nevada, Las Vegas, on Friday morning. What do you think there? Vegas versus GVSU. Yeah, that's going to be a rebel win for sure. All right. And then congratulations, Navy. You upset Calvin. You get number three, Adrian. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I still have a sore, sore spot from uh, last year against Adrian, but um, I have a feeling that it's just a it's a different caliber of hockey, and Adrian is going to take that one away. Yeah. Congratulations, Illinois State. You beat IUP. You now get to face the number two seed, the Ohio Bobcats. Mm. Illinois State, Ohio. Mm, you're thinking this one, you're thinking this 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 game's got real i think this is probably going to be the pick game of the day yeah okay um man you let's we'll circle back to that one how about that all right Give let's it. let's come back to that one because we're not playing in ohio so that does something to that team <laughs> the next game uh would be michigan dearborn congratulations you beat lawrence tech for the 28th time this season now you get the pleasure of playing number one minot state yeah this this game's minots all, all right. the way so it's before we go we got to circle back then to your the game that has you thinking, the game that has you pondering. Number fifteen, Illinois State taking on number two, Ohio. And remember, oh. Andrew Andrew loves Ohio. He's a oh yeah, no, I know, yeah. I know, and uh, yeah, I'll keep the rest of my comments to myself until after the podcast is over. Um, <laughs> That's the best part of the show, you know. We ought to record that and put it out there <laughs> yeah. with a whole bunch of f bombs and e's and whatever else. Uh, oh geez, we'd get in so much trouble. That's probably what the uh, tiki bar is for. Um, <laughs> man, I really think this one's going to go to extra innings. Um, okay. it's, it's, it'll probably fall in the favor of Ohio um, just because of their experience at the tournament and a little bit of previous knowledge on how these, these long tournaments work. Yeah. But, man, do I think that's going to be a good game. All right. So you're calling overtime Ohio over Illinois State in overtime. Yeah. 
Well, isn't that interesting? All right. Well, numbers one through four will win, according to Ryan. And uh, that gets us to Saturday, which is when seeds five through 12 play. And these, these Saturdays are always a fun day. Saturday and Sunday, I think, are great days. Uh, Saturday gets kicked off at 10 in the morning again with number five, Liberty, taking on number 12, Pitt. Pitt is the regular season winner for the Eastern States Collegiate Hockey League, which is uh, a pretty good league. And uh, they just won their conference playoff as well by kicking the crap out of number 10, Niagara. They beat them by a score of 8-2. to two. So Pitt is on a roll. Liberty uh, is coming in after splitting at home with Minot. What do you think there, Flames versus Panthers? Yeah, I think God's on uh, the Flames side this for this game. Yeah, okay. Well, now this next one's kind of tough, Ryan, because it's this is the WCHL podcast, and this game will be an all-WCHL affair. Which I mean, it sucks for the conference, right? We only get three teams into the into the tournament this season, and it, two of those teams play one another in in a, in a game at nationals in their first game. Number six, Central Oklahoma taking on number eleven, Arizona. So it's a East versus West, but it's still WCHL on WCHL violence. That sucks yeah. for the commissioner, but uh, what do you think is going to happen here? <laughs> It does, and it sucks. Uh, it sucks even more because, uh, you know, our our organization we play we got the privilege to play against not just one of these WCHL teams, but we got the privilege to play both of these guys this year. Uh-huh. Um, as Arizona was our crossover travel game, and um, you know, I think Chad Berman does a really good uh, coach. Berman does a really good job with his guys down in Arizona, um, but I just. I know how Mike Rivera with UCO, Coach Rivera, I know how he's how he gets the teams ready towards the end of the year and um, and how how their reputation at a national tournament, that's when they it's when they know how to flip it on. We saw it last year with with Lennonwood and with that what was that Iowa State, right? Yep. That uh, five overtimes. Ama- the amazing five and a half overtime game. It was crazy. I think UCO knows how to play on a big on the big stage like this pretty well. So, uh, unfortunately, I ha- I hate to to vote against the WCHL team, but if I do, it's going to be one that's not on the uh, the East side. So I'm going to go with the UCO Broncos. <laughs> what you're saying is I've already paid my dues. I've played a- at Arizona. I don't have to worry about making them angry. I'm not going back to Tucson for another five years. They'll yeah, forget all I'll about this. To- I'll be excited to go back out to Tucson in five more years because they'll have a brand new rink on campus and everything. We won't have to worry about getting yelled at for where we park our vans or the bus or anything like that. So. <laughs> you know what? A, what a great place to play hockey out there in the desert, huh? I mean, you know, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to to someone out and uh, at the TCC, the Tucson Convention Center, yeah, the home of the Arizona Wildcats and the home of the uh, Tucson Roadrunners, the AHL team. So the Tucson Roadrunners are getting ready to have a pregame skate. And, uh, um, and we had practice right before that on Friday morning. We had, a little, we had a little skate, and then they had a skate afterwards. Well, I had a kid with a pretty severe skate issue, right? Um, there are no hockey shops in Tucson. The nearest one is in Scottsdale, which is two, two hours away. So before I get on the get on the bus or get on the van and drive all the way up there and take a five hour round trip. I found out one of my really good friends that I used to work with, with the St. Louis blues is the head equipment manager for the Tucson Roadrunners. 
and he took care of us so well, treated us like royalty. And uh, Eric Bechtal is his name. He's just a, a class act. And, you know, thanks to the Roadrunners for really helping out the visiting college team that came in town. I know that sometimes they give Arizona a hard time and they think they're the big dogs around there. But um, really, really just want to appreciate, you know, Chad Berman's facilitation of that and uh, the Roadrunners for helping out when they, they didn't really have to. But it just kind of goes to show that the hockey community and the hockey family is a lot smaller. No matter where you are in the country, you, you might know somebody. So How cool it was is a that? really cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, that's that's what I was just going to – you took the words right out of my mouth because I always say it, right? Hockey's a very small community, and uh, you're always going to know somebody at whatever level. And it's, uh, it's, 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 that's pretty, that's a pretty cool story right there. So Eric was able to help you guys out, huh? Absolutely. Yep. And unfortunately the, uh, Saturday game ended up in a, in a weird overtime loss, but we ended up getting a point from Arizona. Um, it didn't end the way that we had expected, but you know, the Chad does a good job with that team. They're, they're, they're a good, well put together team, but you know, as long as UCO can stay out of the box and kind of keep a level head. I think it's theirs to lose, so uh, okay. I'm going to go with the Broncos on that one. There we go. All right. The the second, the third game of the day on Saturday will pit the champions from the B Conference, Jamestown, the number seven seed against number ten Niagara, fresh off an eight to two waxing from Pittsburgh. Um, so that's Jamestown from the MCH, Niagara, the second place winner from uh, the ESCHL. What do you think, Jimmy's versus Purple Eagles? Man, and Niagara's been playing so well all year. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Purple Eagle? Uh, I can't say that I have, at least not in the Ozarks. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we talk about Purple Mountain's majesty, and I know there's bald eagles and golden eagles. I've, I don't know that I've ever seen a Purple Eagle. Wonder What's what, uh, Florida Gulf Coast? Are they, just the regu- are they just regular eagles? I think so, yeah. I think they're just regular eagles. I know they have purple in their uniform, like purple and green and silver, but I didn't know if they have, yeah. yeah I haven't heard of a purple eagle before, but. I'm wondering how close Niagara is to Woodstock. Maybe somebody that was doing some serious wacky tobacco or something <laughs> might have seen a. I know they're really close to the falls, right? Oh, hey, well, there Niagara you go. Falls. Yeah. yeah. International. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, I'm kind of, kind of, a, I, I thought that early in the year, this role might be reversed where Niagara was the higher rank and Jamestown was coming to come in late, but man, Jamestown has been on a tear lately. And you talk about, you know, that, that momentum going forward to a tournament, you know, even though there are B conference, I still think Jamestown's a pretty, pretty dangerous team and it should be a good one. I think that if Niagara comes out to play, you know, getting getting beat eight to one should give you some sort of a motivation, you motivation. Think. But who who knows? Um, you know, and then they're closer to home too. Maybe they maybe they'll have some travelers come up from the Buffalo area. I don't know. Okay, or down I guess or over. But um, <laughs> this is know, not a that, not a ge- This is not a geography say, or a geometry test. So you say all that geography on the East Coast. My brother lives out there. It just feels like oh, uh, we just dr- we just left one state in ten minutes. We're in another state, and we're in this state, and 
like we got malls bigger than this state in the Midwest. So this is just <laughs> strange. Um, but no, I think that Jamestown will come away with the win. Okay. I think that'll be a pretty fun game to watch though, especially if you're a WCHL or MCH fan who's been familiar with watching Jamestown in the past. Yeah. Storky Dean Stork head coach up there. He's got those guys flying and they're, they're a good little, they're a fun team to watch. So I, um, I'm kind of thinking I could be wrong here. I'm probably going to jinx them by saying it, but there could be another eight to two beatdown in Niagara's future. Could be ugly. All right, hey, the last game of the day on Saturday, uh, it, it it has our friend in it. Uh, number eight, Indiana Tech is taking on number nine, Maryville from St. Louis, Mizzou. Maryville, coached by our friend John Hogan, former Arizona Wildcat, former WCHL guy, former B Conference guy who struck out on his own because he he because he did. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. Maryville, Indiana Tech. What do you think there, Ryan? I know Indiana Tech's had uh, what is this? Their like third showing in the national tournament. Yeah, yeah third or second, maybe at least second. Yeah, I know we've seen them in, in the tournament a couple times. In fact, I think last year they had to. Uh, didn't UCO have to play them? I think in the very first game to get by yeah, them. Yeah, and then I I know they were in Maryville as well. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? I think um, I think Maryville's probably got the upper hand on this. I know that. Ooh. I know that. Yeah, I know. I know you don't want to hear it, and I know John Hogan will probably send a check for it later in the mail. But um, <laughs> I do. I do believe that Maryville will be prepared. Um, hopefully they don't blow it all in one game, but I know that that team can get up for games. You know, we, we, we tend to play them quite a, quite a few times during the season, not only because of the proximity and, and the relationship with St. Louis, but you know, they're a well put together team. You know, yeah, they I know are. John goes off the rails every once in a while, but man, no. he is extremely passionate and, uh, and he, he does want to win. And he knows that all of his players want to win, and that's why they go to this tournament. So I know that when they go to this tournament, it'll be all business for Mr. Hogan and the rest of his saints or dogs or whatever they want to call themselves this week. Yeah, isn't um, that crazy? Yeah, they, they're kind of like it. roving mascots. We don't know what they are. They're like Arizona State men, NCAA men's uniforms. It just kind of changes whenever they want. <laughs> Look at you throwing a little shade at the big boys now. I like it. No, that's okay. John, John. John throws it right back. We have a good time with it. It's all in fun. But, no, I do believe that Maryville will come away um, with the win on this one. All right. Very good. So, to recap, on Saturday, Ryan says Liberty will beat Pitt. UCO will take care of Arizona. Jamestown will defeat Niagara. And Maryville will have the upset in the 8-9 game against Indiana Tech. And that brings us to Sunday. Sunday is when the winners from Friday, one through four, take on the winners from Saturday. So, Ryan, according to your picks, the first game on Sunday will be UNLV versus Liberty. That'll be a number four versus number five matchup. This will be the fifth game this season between these two teams. Liberty beat Vegas twice in Vegas. UNLV beat Liberty twice at Liberty. So this will be the rubber match of all rubber matches. That's a fun little setup, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um man i gotta think that unlv's got a lot of things on their mind and uh and winning more hockey games especially against somebody who who they've had some emotional hockey games against is going to be on their mind that being said it it's a huge huge inspiration and motivator for for liberty to to play this this game that means 
you know, the rest of the season um, against a team that they've already played against. You know, we, we refer to that injury that happened earlier this year when UNLV went out to Liberty. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, this one's this one's gonna be a good one, but I'm still rooting for uh, UNLV to pull the pull the uh, the game out, and I think it'll be a good one. Um, again, I hope that uh, I hope that emotions stay in check and it doesn't turn into a parade to the penalty box because that could really change the outcome oh, yeah, for either well. team. But yeah, I believe uh, UNLV is probably gonna come out ahead. Okay, all right, UNLV sticking with the conference. I like it. And uh, so there, there's a true conference uh, loyalist right there with Ryan Armstrong. I like that very much. The next game is also going to test your loyalties, Ryan, because it's the number three seed, Adrian, taking on a number six, UCO. That should be a fun game. Number three, Adrian, the Bulldogs, taking on the Broncos. That's going to be a tricky one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, nobody, nobody from Edmond listens to this podcast, Ryan. So don't worry about all it. Right. You know, well, all, I know all eleven listeners or fourteen listeners, they're all from Springfield. So I mean, who? No one's listening. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's probably against popular opinion, but I think Adrian is just a lot deeper, and um, they've got some people that really know how to score goals. I know that certain UCO players are are very talented, and you know we've got. You know, Mikhailov, who's who's when he puts the when he puts the puck where he wants to, he's a great player. But um, sometimes they find themselves a little flat. I know that. Uh, uh, where did they go up to uh, Jamestown and Minot State? And they took a couple L's up there earlier in the year. They did indeed. I just if that team shows up, I know for a fact Adrian is not gonna. <laughs> I know that one all too well. Um, Adrian does show up, so probably going to have to lean with Adrian on this one. And, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately that's the WCHL team that might be heading home. Okay. All right. The next game will have, uh, Ohio, the number two seed taking on Jamestown number seven. This could be a fun one. You said Ohio is barely going to squeak by, uh, Illinois state in overtime. And you said that Jamestown and Niagara could be a could be a fist fight of their own. So this could be two teams that are already worn down. Assuming that Jamestown doesn't lose too many players, I think I've got them beating out Ohio. Wow, I love it. The first big upset. Down goes number two. Ohio will lose to Jamestown, says Ryan Armstrong. All right, and hey, the last game of the night, we'll have uh, our friend from Maryville, John Hogan, number nine, the the Saints, Bulldogs, whatever they are, is the Marshies of the world, taking on number one, Minot State. Yeah, yeah. that's probably when I'd have my flight booked. <laughs> All right, so that means that your final four, Ryan, is number one, Minot, number three, Adrian, number four, UNLV, and number seven, Jamestown. And they reseed once we get to the final four. So the highest seed will play the lowest, and then the two in the middle will play one another, which means game number one will be another rematch between Minot and Jamestown. Minot the number one seed, Jamestown the number seven seed. I think they've only played 100 times this season against one another, and I believe Minot has won all 100 of them. Yeah, we'll go ahead and make this number 101 then. <laughs> All right, my not the easy winner over Jamestown, Ryan says. And then the number three, uh, or yeah, number three, Adrian, will take on number four, UNLV, in the other semifinal. What do you think, Bulldogs versus Rebels? 
I think the Rebels are going to take this one away. Wow, I think look at that you. they're going to surprise um, Adrian with some speed and possibly a little of that WCHL grit. And, uh, you know, those, those, I think that, it, again, as long as they don't find themselves in penalty trouble, UNLV has the potential to be a very, um, what's the right word to describe them? Uh, knacking or pestering team. You know, they know how to push the buttons. Mm-hmm. And if if a team falls in that trap, they've got them. And uh, they're a fast team. You know, look at look at who UNLV's played this year. I mean, they've played some really good WCHL teams, but at the same time, they've played some NCAA Division II teams. They've played Denver and uh, Anchorage. You know, by the way, University of Denver NCAA Men's Division One. They deserve some sort of like humanitarian award or something because I think they're playing more ACHA teams next year. Oh, who else is they, who else did they just add on their schedule? They just added Minot, the number one team. Minot. That's so, right. They just added Minot. I mean, how many ACHA teams again, and as a team that is number one ranked for NCAA division one men's, they're definitely someone who does not deserve or does not owe anybody any games. Nope. You know, they don't have to play ACHA division one team games, but they do it to give them a shot. And, um, and it gives those guys a taste of what it's like at that level. So for that experience alone and the drive for maybe UNLV to look at the the next step, which I don't know if that's something they're even considering, but um, I think it's going to give UNLV the edge on Adrian and it's going to, that one, that one, that might be a little bit of a feisty game to watch. That'll yeah. be a fun one. That should be a fun one. And if, uh, if they can get some uh, more incredible goaltending out of Landon Pavlison, um, I think uh, that should that should be a, a great match. Yeah, when he's good, he's good. Huh? Yeah, he is. And and like you say, they can they can fly. UNLV can fly, and they're pains in the ass to have to deal with. And they can bug the crap out of you and just take you off your game. And oh, by the way, score while you're getting annoyed with them. And uh, I mean that is their game. You know, they I I I think they should fully embrace that that black hat mentality, and be the villains. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, they're, they're very, very talented. So it's easy to see if they're going to, uh, go out there and take out Adrian. So, uh, okay. Very good. They easily have the potential. It's just, if they they put it down towards it. So I think that, I think that when, uh, you know, with the, the one and done scenario that the division one tournament holds at nationals, I think that those kind of teams say, Hey, it's either win or go home and we don't want to go home yet. So, yep. They're going to have to stay disciplined, and they can't lose their composure. Um, Which but, is a fine line. <laughs> Talking about a team who is full of antagonists, it is a fine line, <laughs> but it's there. It's it's there. Yep. All right. Well, that means a, a national championship game on Tuesday night, March the 21st. Number one, Minot versus number four, UNLV. And Ryan, before you give your uh, your winner, I just want to remind you, this is the WCHL podcast. Yeah, I um, know. I okay. know. Yeah. So go ahead. Beavers versus Rebels. I mean, are there two things in life that that the two of us don't like more than Beavers and Rebels? I mean, holy smokes, that's like that's right right in our wheelhouse, right there, Ryan. I mean, if that doesn't scream college sport mascots, I don't know what does. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, um, man, that's gonna be a. Uh, it could be a slugfest. I know that that. 
UNLV's quick. Minot's just as quick. You know, Minot's a little bit bigger. Um, depending on how the earlier games for UNLV go, they might be a little beat up. You know, this this tournament is a long, long thing to have to endure physically, not just mentally, but physically. And and unfortunately, I think that the size and the experience and the knowledge of being at this level so many times in this tournament so many times that that Minot State is probably going to come out ahead. I say probably because there's always a chance that UNLV comes off of a an absolute just momentum train and keeps it going and you know gets behind a hot goalie but I I, I find it hard going against the one two threes of the country rank um, just because they are kind of a different a different uh, classification from the rest of the the top 25 in my opinion so Minot State I believe is going to be our 2023 national champion wild well it'd be a little sort of redemption for them since they lost in the first round last year to Ohio who came in what ranked I think 15th in the nation or something like that uh, or maybe Ohio was 16 or 17. I forget what they were, but uh, Minot went out early, which was not a uh, not what they're used to doing. And so you're saying they're going to rebound with the Murdoch Cup for their third time in their program history. The Minot State Beavers will take it all, huh? Yeah, I don't think they're going to make the same mistake. I I think that <coughs> excuse me, I think that was a uh, a huge humbling experience for the Beavers and. Uh, I know Wade does a great job up there and, and the whole staff and they're going to, they're going to have everybody on that team ready to roll. And I know they've got a decently sized team. Um, but yeah, I think that they will not make that mistake again, but it, uh, it's, it's always kind of bittersweet to watch the championship game kind of like it is as a NHL fan to watch the Stanley cup or the last round. Yeah. You know, sometimes the first rounds way more exciting. Well, there's no doubt. There's no because doubt. Because these guys aren't beat up yet. They haven't played 15 hockey games yet. You've got everybody rolling through the lineup. You've got the speed there, the intensity. Um, it's, it's, it's extremely fun to go up and play against a team that you're not familiar with, you know, that you have to learn from, from, from uh, the grassroots up. And for the other team to have to do the same to you, you know, uh, you, I know you said that, um, Minot and Jamestown have played each other a million times and, and, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate when that happens, but at the same time, you know, it, it's a long tournament and it does a damage on your body as a player. And it's as a coach or a staff member, it's mentally straining to get these guys to stay in this, in the right mindset because it, it is a absolute drain sometimes. So, I don't know exactly what the game will look like, but I know that Minot is a uh, is a big, powerful team. So if they can if they can play their game, I think that that's it's it's going to be a Minot win. That's very, just very nice. That's just what I think. So well, hey, that's that's why we had you on the podcast because oh, I know I'm again, sure there's lots of people out there that'll disagree and have their own little things either way, but. Um, um, just through history and through this season and kind of what we've seen on the inside from a coaching staff and his management staff. And, and, uh, there, there's some, there's, it's cool to see a lot of the same teams doing the same things every year and recruiting well and, and producing well on the ice. 
but it's a, even more of an experience to see those teams like an Illinois State or a uh, uh, Buffalo or not a Buffalo, um, like a Lawrence Tech uh, or a Grand Valley who are there for exactly. the first time. Lawrence Tech's, you know, to, to kind of pop up there and get their name out on the stage. And and as much as we want it to be us, every single year we know that that's just part of the, how this game's played. And no, it's 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 going to be fun. But man, I don't. I still think if I were to spend my money for a couple days of a hockey TV subscription and if it's a per day thing, I'm watching the first two, three days, that's going to be a lot of action. There's no doubt. You, you, you nailed it. You said, uh, you know, the first couple of rounds, it's just like uh, the NCAA basketball tournament, uh, just like the NCAA hockey tournament. First couple of rounds are always the most fun. Uh, for me, just simply because of the volume that's there, the volume of games, and that's what we have the first four days of this tournament. We have four games in four days. But uh, the, the last game is always bittersweet because it's the last game. It's the end. After, the, the, after this, there's no more. It's just, uh, well, this season it's off to Romania and then meet with a bunch of hockey guys down in, uh, down in Florida at the Tiki Bar and then wait a couple of months. And uh, so, yeah, I'm... I'm with you. I, the The first couple of days of this tournament, I think, are the are the most fun, at least for me. Four games in four days, uh, four four games in a day for four days straight. Sixteen games. It's a grind, but man, it's a heck of a time. I love it. Absolutely, absolutely. And for these players, it's the time of their life. You know, it's it's uh, it's possibly the last um, competitive organized hockey that a lot of these graduating seniors will play you know there'll be a handful that'll go off to the professionals and minor professionals but a lot of them will just be joining the uh the regular world and uh you know maybe they won't be scheduling uh oklahoma city public schools but you know they'll they'll join the rest of the working world and they'll get out there and and have to 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 deal with that so this is like a uh it's a very fun moment for these guys and and while I know that you pointed out our team is unfortunately not uh, in the mix this year, I want to let you know, Chris, that I will be up in Boston. Oh, no. Um, because of our Division Three team. Uh-huh. They have qualified for the tournament. Yeah. Division Three, the, Division Two men's and Division Three men's, they operate a little differently. They do a round robin where they're guaranteed X amount of games. So I'll, uh, I'll definitely have to find you for a lobster roll or something at some point. Well, there's no doubt about it. You know where to find me. I'll be right there next to the Twitty, uh, the, the snarky Twitter machine. That's, uh, that's what I'll be doing now here. Let's, let's do this really quick because Missouri state is in pool D for ACHA men's three. Let's get a little quick. Uh, I know that you're going to say Missouri state's going to win the pool. So who are going to be the other three teams that will emerge with Missouri State out of Men's Division Three to be in the semifinals? I'm not going to ask you to give me the final, um, but um, just knowing how Men's Division Three is, i got to figure some teams out of Michigan will be. Hope is always pretty strong. I think Michigan is pretty strong. Um, uh, Saginaw Valley. Okay. And Hope. Hope's a very strong team. Yeah. Uh, Miami, Ohio actually is a pretty – pretty uh, decent team and as much as it kills me to say our uh, our nemesis up in columbia missouri at that other missouri school with the tiger on it yeah. um they've actually hit a bit of a hot streak and they're in pool c i believe um they've got potential to go far and uh you know arkansas has they they play a decent game and they've got some players um this will this will be a good year for Arkansas to push to be super competitive. Yeah, 
Um, the reason I bring that up is because I know that any WCHL listener out here remembers when Arkansas used to be a WCHL team and they were the Missouri state travel partner and it was us and them. We would travel to and wherever we were going, not together, but we would play in the same state, same city against the opposite teams. Then, then do our switch on Thursday night or Friday morning. Um, this will be the last year for Arkansas men's three that they've got about four or five remaining division one players oh, wow. who, when the division one team was disbanded, went to go play for the division three team. So this will be, this will be their last year and they've got some players. I mean, I think the leading points scorer or the leading, the point leader for all of ACHA M3 is a defenseman from Arkansas. Cam McAtee. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis kid. Um, definitely, definitely a top, top defenseman and he controls the game. So Arkansas has got potential to go push further. Um, uh, but you know, I, I love our Missouri state team. I love both of our teams. Um, our division three team got off to an absolute tear this year. They went, I think 14 games in a row without a loss. They went four games or three or four games without a goal against them. Um, they've got the potential to get on a, a real streak and, uh, and make something happen. So I will be supporting our division three team. And then obviously, um, every once in a while I'll stop over and, and give you some trouble and maybe make fun of John Hogan or his hair or whatever and uh, and watch a couple D1 games that I'll that I'll flag out. Awesome. Well, hey, I look forward to that. That's that, that's good to know. I didn't know you're going to be up there, but that's uh, that's awesome. I'll be a day late, but I'll be there. I won't be there on Thursday, but I'll be there Friday morning, Friday not, afternoon. Hey, not a problem. Missouri State's playing in Pool D with Lawrence Tech, Saginaw Valley State, and Indiana. And Ryan, he didn't have to say it, but he's going to say Missouri State's going to go 3-0 against those guys. And Pool A has Hope, Missouri, Air Force, and Central Michigan. And he said Missouri's going to go 0-5 in that pool. They're going to lose so bad, they'll lose twice to some teams. And then, uh, yeah, then we've got some other different pool. Arkansas is in a pool with Michigan, Florida Gulf Coast, and Oakland. So uh, Razorbacks, Wolverines, Eagles, and Golden Grizzlies. That might be the all-mascot pool right there for Division Three. I don't know that I want to tangle with any of those four mascots. I'm telling you, it's just fun to listen to some of these schools' mascots, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, come on. No, what, who? you got to love Purdue, right? They named themselves after a drink. The Boilermakers. Yeah, the Boilermakers. Yeah, come on. Sure. Yeah, geez, give, give me a uh, – oh. Well, I'm, I don't know which one came first, the the profession or the drink, but I have a feeling they were probably pretty hand in hand. <laughs> we should name this the uh, the Fat Tire Podcast or something like that, or the yeah. the, the Fat Tire Hockey League. What's the, what's the ice cream you like again? Uh, uh, Bluebell. 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 Yeah. Blue yeah. There it is. It, yeah, yeah. Let's let's not get going there. Now I'm going to get gonna, excited. You're going to reach out to some sponsors this year and try to get some. Uh, you know, I've heard that podcast they do out out west a couple times. The I don't know, it's like twenty seven different words now. Hockey yeah. podcast, Central Southwest Hockey Time, A B Las Vegas UNLV podcast, whatever they call it. Yeah, um, yeah, they've got some uh, some some commercials and some sponsors that they've got loaded up on a sounds like an old. 1930s gramophone before you start the episode the seat the the episode out but you know i'm thinking you could reach out to to fields and to fat tire and to bluebell and maybe uh 
Oklahoma City School District and see if you can get some advertisement going. There you go. I like the way you think. I, I might have to hire Turn somebody some money on for the WCHL. Maybe shine that trophy up when it comes back from uh, comes back from Central Oklahoma. <laughs> I like the way you think. I like the way you think. Yeah, I, we don't. Well, they have an advertising department at that. Uh, that and that's a very good podcast. Don't get me wrong. I like to give those guys a hard time. Um, but uh, yeah, they've they've got it going on and uh, a lot of advertising. They've got a, a lot of extra time on their hands. You know, here I am. I'm I'm trying to deal with guys that are scheduling quinceañeras and. You know, uh, I'm, I'm too busy stuffing my face full of ice cream. Maybe I, but maybe I should adjust my priorities. Is what I'm hearing. No, oh, and then you know, not not a big thing at all. You're a lawyer on the side too, so yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just minor minor inconvenience. Yeah, it's in, minor inconvenience to your hockey. Right? It's in the way of my hockey ha- habit. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> all right, Ryan. Hey, listen, we we uh, glad that you're going to be in Boston, but I'm more glad that you are in the WCHL and extra double glad today that you agreed to uh, subject yourself to yet another episode of the Suboptimal WCHL podcast. Your prognostications will, will, will be recorded for posterity's sake, and I'm sure once again you will uh, go down as the best general manager from southwest Missouri to, uh, to ever appear and, and give some uh, prognostications on, on a podcast. So congratulations. I'll say that. I'll say that graciously, knowing that listener number thirteen is probably uh, probably got this pulled up and listening to it in his car right now. So <laughs> you know who you are. I'm not trying to step over your shoes there, <laughs> but uh, no, I appreciate you having me on and and appreciate you know. I know you joke about only having a handful of listeners and how they're all from Springfield, but uh, definitely appreciate all the people that listen to this podcast throughout the season to get updates on the scores, the teams, the leagues, and most importantly, the players. Um, they, they really don't deserve the recognition that they deserve. And, uh, these, these young men and women that play in this league are just absolute rock stars. And, and for them to be able to, um, go to university and pay money to go to school or find the grants or the tuitions or scholarships, um, that they, that they money that they need and play hockey on the side, um, on top of everything, it just really goes to show how great these kids are. And, uh, no, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to be a part of. It's one of the reasons I love what the ACHA does. It's the true essence of the sport at this level. And it doesn't, it doesn't turn it into something it shouldn't be or that it isn't. And, uh, no, I really appreciate you having me on and I hope that all my picks aren't incorrect but we'll uh we'll see in a couple weeks that works that works all right that's ryan armstrong he just said it so eloquently uh we appreciate everybody's support for acha hockey for the wchl but as ryan just said uh for all of the players the true student athletes uh they 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 deserve more attention and uh, they're playing for the love of the game and ryan i i I, i'm just going to be quiet because i cannot uh, expound on that any further i agree with you on a hundred percent of what you just said so ryan thank you so much for being on on this podcast you're a much better replacement for andrew and uh don't tell him i said that he's probably he'll probably you know schedule me for a quinceanera um so let's uh we'll, we'll just keep him away thanks to everybody for listening to the wchl podcast i just hit a button let's get us out of here be safe and we'll have some more uh, guesses coming up some other people take care